This is Downtown Lowdown with Downtown Halifax Business Commission. Welcome to Downtown Lowdown with Downtown Halifax Business Commission. This is where you can find out all you need or want to know about Downtown Halifax. I'm Alana McDonald-Mills, Director of Marketing. And I'm Ivy Ho, Director of Communications. We are your hosts for Downtown Lowdown. This is episode 24 and our 12th weekly special COVID-19 episode. And we're recording this episode via video conferencing as we continue to work remotely from our homes. So we apologize in advance for any issues with the sound quality. We're going to start this episode with a conversation with Jeremy Webb, Artistic Director of Neptune Theatre. Jeremy will tell us about how Neptune Theatre has been coping through the pandemic and about their new online initiative. Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission, will give us updates on DHBC's new business grants and latest advocacy efforts. We'll also review what businesses are up to since the state of emergency was declared back in March, and we'll finish with what to expect when entering a business in downtown Halifax and how you can support them during this gradual re-energizing of the economy. This episode is being recorded on Monday, June 1st, 2020. Information regarding the pandemic and business reopening is still changing daily. To keep up to date, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash COVID-19 or novascotia.ca slash coronavirus. Now we begin our discussion with Ivy and Jeremy Webb, Artistic Director of Neptune Theatre. Today we are welcoming Jeremy Webb, Artistic Director of Neptune Theatre. Neptune Theatre first opened its doors in 1915 and is now the largest professional theatre company in Atlantic Canada. In addition to a variety of new and classical theatrical experiences, Neptune Theatre also runs a full-time theatre school for youth of all ages to become immersed in the arts. On today's episode, Jeremy Webb is going to share with us the challenges that Neptune Theatre has faced during the pandemic, how they've had to adjust, and the impact on the theatre community. We will also discuss his new initiative, Off the Leash, a virtual live talk show available on Facebook and YouTube. So welcome to Downtown Lowdown, Jeremy. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. It's great to be here. Ah, great. Uh, So... This is a big question for you. How has COVID-19 affected Neptune Theatre's 2020-21 season and the theatre school and the camps? I know it's a big question, so take your time with that. Sure. I mean, it's really strange in a global pandemic with now with everything else that's going on in the world on top of this pandemic Uh, and everything that's happened in Nova Scotia, to be sitting here, I've I've come down to the office today to chat to you, uh, to be sitting here talking about theater, talking about the impact, um, without first referencing that, you know, we come from a place of privilege and we understand that what we're talking about is um, art and theater and entertainment and So I wanted to mention that first, because what I'm going to say is this pandemic has devastated the arts industry uh, across the world uh, and will continue to do so for the next couple of years. And we are in (laughs) we are unfortunately in amazing uh, global company, um, every theater in the world um, from Europe. Broadway, everyone is looking at where where we are right now and thinking the same thoughts. How do we get out of this? So basically, on uh, March 13th, Friday the 13th, when we got that directive, uh, like we all did downtown, like we did across the whole province, that, you know, gatherings were to be limited, that shut us down within seconds because there was no way to have a full audience watching Calendar Girls, uh, this great play that had just opened a week earlier, 
and still had two weeks to run, uh, there was no way to have an audience in for that show. Um, and when things got locked down, obviously we, we shut down. Um, this building has been mostly empty. Uh, there's a, a very small skeleton staff in here every day checking on the place and being here. But essentially, we canceled the rest of uh, the season, which was scheduled to end uh, in another week's time. And this, this week, in fact, Billy Elliot would have closed if it didn't extend. So we lost Calendar Girls, uh, an amazing one-person play in our studio space called Ghostlight, and we lost Billy Elliot, which is our season-closing musical, which traditionally uh, brings in the revenue that helps us survive into the next season. So the season closer, which didn't even start rehearsals, it was scheduled to start rehearsals three days later, uh, on the Tuesday after that very fateful Friday, uh, with all that going, it essentially meant that Neptune was devastated, uh, not only uh, emotionally, but financially. We are, like everyone else, going through a process right now and have been for the last uh, 10, 11 weeks since then of working out how to get out of this, how to keep our audience uh, engaged while we're away, and how to let them know that when we are told by government that we can come back in some form, that we will be back, and we will. Theatre has been an art form that has been dying for 5,000 years. Um, it's, it's always joked about that theatre, you know, oh, it's dying, it's going to, television, movies, television, uh, radio, all these things, we're going to kill it. But we, we're still here. Um, this one has really put a, a swift um, cut in the back of the neck. Um, uh, that sounded very, very dramatic, but... <laughs> well, very theatrical. Very yeah. theatrical. You know, you, you expect that of me. So so what is a, the, the effect basically is that it shut us down. It's delayed uh, our plans. We are currently um, working on various versions uh, various plans for next season because, of course, uh, as soon as Billy Elia ended, which was scheduled to be this week, we would then be going into rehearsals in a few weeks' time for the first show in next season, which was Rocky Horror Show. We announced uh, a few weeks ago that our summer plans um, are postponed um, and we're now working on what the fall looks like for our, our regular main stage and Scotiabank stage season looks like. And Neptune um, Theatre has been working with the province, right? Uh, oh, my goodness, perhaps, yes. Yeah, with consultations on how that would look like, how it would operate, the yeah. logistics around it. Yeah, so, we're, you know, obviously our concern is with ourselves and with the downtown core. And, you know, I, we know that everyone around us uh, downtown here is affected in, a, in exactly the same way. Uh, to varying degrees, to varying scales. Um, what has been um, uplifting, I guess, is that we have also been, not only have we been working and in discussion with the province, with the funding bodies that support arts organizations, we've also been in communication with theaters and other organizations like ours right across the country, uh, almost daily, uh, you know, how many Zoom meetings have you been in? Uh, you know, uh, how many times have you been in a Zoom meeting in your pajamas 
from the waist down. Um, we've been talking to all these people uh, and trying to create a way forward together uh, that matches, that, so we're all on the same page. And that all comes first, though, from the directive that we're still waiting to receive from government. So we've, you know, we've we've, we've participated in studies and plans and conversations. Uh, I think you we, probably learn from other theaters uh, around the world that, you know, in, that are in different stages of reopening. Have you been yeah, doing that? Yeah, yeah best practices. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a there's a very haunting image, I think, out of Germany that uh, surfaced on social media about a week or two weeks ago of a theater in Germany that had basically taken the seats out, uh, leaving the few seats that were allowed to be if um, distancing was mm-hmm. followed in a theater environment. And it was a very upsetting image for people in the theater industry because, you know... I think cut- I did see that. I think Kazan that, yeah. Theater actually uh, reshared that on, on Instagram. Yeah. And it, yeah, it, it looked cut- pretty stark. <laughs> it Pretty stark. Um, uh, but that's the necessary work that has to be done is working out how many people we're going to be allowed to have into our building when we're allowed to open. Um, you know, the restaurants, of course, are all uh, trying to maximize their footprint uh, downtown right now, building patios and, and table spacing. And we will have to do that similar work, I'm sure, um, when, once we get that directive. So it's bleak. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it's really upsetting. It's really bleak. But as I said, you know, we take some comfort knowing that, you know, we will get through this. The What we've been doing um, in the meantime, aside from doing all the backroom planning, is trying to stay in touch with our audience, with our subscribers, with our ticket buyers, with the community, and trying yes. to participate a little. So that's a nice segue. Thank you for that, Jeremy. You're um, on a bit happier note, yeah, uh, you've good. recently launched uh, Off the Leash, uh, yeah. or has it been going on for a long time? I think you're on episode um, tw- like 20-something. We're in or? the 30s now. 30s, yeah. okay, yeah. yes. We, uh, yeah, so th- about a week or so after it all began, uh, we had the idea of you know starting this little you know evening uh, live stream show because because surely we just need to fill a couple of weeks and keep in touch with people you know that's what we thought at the time um, we do four episodes a week so we've actually that's been a lot going of content <laughs> six or seven six or seven weeks I, I don't even I don't even know how many weeks it is we just took a week off actually so now officially uh, starting this week we're in season season two um, and uh, so it's a it's a lot of fun it's it's our way of staying in touch and of giving some people something to watch of an evening. It's 8.30 uh, Halifax time um, on the Neptune Facebook and YouTube channels and pages. And it's basically me chatting to artists or creators, mostly from uh, Nova Scotia, mostly associated with Neptune in some way. But every now and again, we'll have a cool episode as well where uh, – I managed to persuade, uh, because I have negatives of photos that should never see the light of day, I managed to persuade some of the stars of Kim's Convenience to be guests. Oh, so you um, basically blackmailed them to, to be yeah, on the show. I, I yeah, I blackmailed them nice. to be on my show. And, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll cut this piece out. No, uh, <laughs> don't cut that out. Um, and, you know, uh, we had um, Cindy Sampson, who's from Truro originally, who mm-hmm. is the star of um, 
uh, Global TV's Private Eyes with uh, Jason Priestley and also uh, the star of Digstown On as another guest, another episode. So we do venture out of the theater world as well, and we'll be doing more of that. So we've just announced the guests for the next two weeks. Now that I'm back from a, a week of staycation, um, we kick off again this week. So that's been fun. Those shows, uh, I, I've had to pretty much learn how to uh, do something like this, a, a video live stream podcast thing from my basement, pressing buttons. I, I, I didn't train to do that, I, you know, but I've had to learn very quickly. So that's been fun. Yeah, what other challenges have you had to come up against uh, producing Off the Leash? Other than the, well, I guess you mentioned some of the tech. Um, anything else uh, in terms of getting this launched and up and running? Uh, I think the, the tech element is probably the main challenge. The the interesting thing is when we started it, you know, I, I was excited when I saw that 10 people were watching it while we were doing the first episode with Bette McDonald. And I was like, oh, my God, people are watching. This is crazy. How is this even possible? Uh, why would they do that? And then now it's got to the point where, you know, we might have any one second during the half an hour to an hour show 20 or 30 people watching, but then when the numbers come in, we, you know, we, uh, a few days later, we see that 500, 600, 800 people have watched the thing. Wow. Very cool. And so we've, we've sort of grown the, the reach of it considerably. And uh, in that respect, we've, we've also, you know, uh, Support for Culture, for example, came on board as a sponsor to help us. Uh, because they wanted to support Neptune, and this was the output that we have at the moment, one of them, and we can talk about the others in a sec. So we're now looking, I'm like, okay, well, so surely if people are watching and, you know, sh- could we run ads? Can we have a commercial break? What else do we do on TV normally that I've never even considered? Uh, so that's something that we're going to be looking at as well as, as businesses reopen. Maybe they want to advertise uh, and, and capture the Neptune, the Neptune crowd. I don't know. We'll see. For me personally, what it did was it gave me something with tangible results and a focus, something to do every day. I mean, I was still operating as the artistic director of Neptune in all these Zoom meetings and making plans and still am. But I had something that had a result at the end of the day. I could sit there in my basement with a glass of wine, I admit, uh, every, every Tuesday to Friday to chat to guests and then get comments back and see people watching it and have uh, an interaction with an audience. And it gave me a, almost like a feeling of performance. And, and so that's been the plus. You know, the theater school folks here at Neptune have also been doing some amazing work um, engaging with the many, many theater school students digitally as well. Um, I don't know whether you've heard about uh, what they've been up to. No, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so um, Laura Caswell, our Director of Education, and Julia Topple, uh, you know, we, we, we laid off staff as well. I should mention that. And, and you know, we can't wait to have everyone back in the building uh, working with us again. Julia and Laura, who run the theater school, um, they they were retained because we knew we had to prepare for the point when classes were allowed to happen. And right now, fingers crossed, um, there's been a lot of conversation and even direct conversation with Dr. Strang about um, summer camps and theater camps. They've been uh, creating digital content, all kinds of challenges. 
um, and um, little videos, little art projects, so that parents like myself, who, and like yourself, I'm sure, uh, at home uh, with your boy, wondering, what the hell do I do now? <laughs> yes. I'm not even going to try and do schooling. That, you know, we all created that wonderful um, schedule at the beginning of it all, you know, with learning time. Oh, we certainly did, didn't we? <laughs> and then it all went out the window in probably oh, yeah. about 10 days. I think, I think we managed to keep it going for two weeks. And in fact, one of our kids still loves it and wants to do the schedule as long as it involves um, screen time, as long as yeah. it's learning yeah, on, like, you know, on, on, on a screen. Um, <laughs> but so the theatre school have been great at sort of getting into that field and creating content for people. And you can find all that on the Neptune Theatre website. Uh, there's a link there that will take you straight to, to it all. Um, and doing some sterling work in getting ready to open our doors for camps when they're allowed and and under what kind of um, restrictions they're allowed. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's looking kind of positive that that will happen this year. It's looking, yeah, I would say it's looking positive that, well, it's certainly looking, uh, I would say, very positive that when Dr. Strang tells us that camps can happen with X number of students in that amount of space, Neptune will be there uh, waiting. Uh, We're already waiting uh, and are planned for that. A lot has had to be, you know, there's been a lot of work done here while I've been at home safely in my basement um, hiding from my kids. There's been a lot of work done. Uh, don't I'm tell upstairs them hiding from my kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, but there's been a lot of work done in preparation for that, you know, understanding what the um, the cleaning protocols, the spacing, you know, um, and understanding, you know, how many kids it is. You know, is, is it seven kids in a studio of X number of square footage? Uh, you know, and we want to make sure that everyone's safe. We will not be doing uh, anything if it isn't considered safe and secure because the last thing that Neptune Theatre is going to be is the place where there's an outbreak. So all all protocols will be uh, very definitely uh, followed. So just to get back to off the leash a bit, do you think that'll continue on after, well, I guess this pandemic is going to be going on for a while. There's going to be a new normal, but, you know, when the doors of Neptune Theatre open up again, do you think you'll continue with off the leash? Because it's so, it's been successful and free to to produce, but I'm sure a lot of work as well. Yeah. And other people, I mean, it's not just been me, other people have been, helping our marketing department you know are outputting material every week for this show and uh, and we're looking at ways of expanding our digital footprint i don't even know if that's a phrase it is now uh we're looking at ways of expanding our digital output at neptune theater anyway and off the leash will probably remain as part of that whether it remains you know i mean is there a market for a digital talk show Maybe it could condense down to one night a week or one night a month. Maybe it goes live when we're allowed to have people back in the building. I don't know. I One of the things I love about being the artistic director is the communication I have with our customers. As AD of Neptune, um, you know, I draw inspiration uh, from a lot of people uh, in the way that they communicate with their customers here, you know, in, in downtown Halifax. I, I used to spend a lot of time 
uh, working, doing a comedy show at Stainer's Wharf when it was open, and it is sorely missed. Um, and Todd Abbas, the, uh, the the guy that ran that place, was a master at being uh, like a, a ringmaster. He was he was always so welcoming, and he communicated with everyone. And and it's the same with um, with the folks at Dirty Nellies, right? Every time you go into Dirty Nellies, they give you the same greeting, and you like you know they they have signs outside the pub that says you know a customer is just a friend you haven't met yet. And, and I'm like, that's the approach that we have started taking at Neptune. So so off the leash is a way of really staying connected and having people have an opportunity to communicate back to us. So I've become a bit more of a an open door over the last couple of years of, of being Neptune's AD. So, you know, the, the downside is now, even with a mask on uh, whilst at the Atlantic Superstore, I cannot go grocery shopping without someone suggesting that we should do come from away <laughs> at some point in the future. And I'm like, oh, wow, what a great idea. I never thought of that. But but it, it's hand in hand with the benefits, which is Neptune Theater being uh, seen as accessible and open and, and connected and wanting to connect with our with our customers. My last question is a bit of a. Another big question, I guess. I started off with a big question and I'll end off with a big question. Uh, with the COVID pandemic, uh, do you think theater, you know, Neptune Theater and the theater world in general overall has been forever changed? And if you think that is true, how so? Yeah. Um, I think it would be uh, a big case of denial to say that it hasn't been changed. It's never stayed still so you know theater style and theater presentation is only the way it is right now because the last 5,000 years have got us to this point it's always changing it's just because we're, we're paying attention to it for 10 15 30 years maybe 50 years if we're lucky that we don't see the changes but that sounds like I'm in denial still, doesn't it? Um, I, I think it is forever changed. Um, I think it is forever affected by this. And I think it's going to be uh, a number of years before it returns to how it was uh, on March the 12th. You know, it's kind of creepy slash bizarrely exhilarating, and I don't mean in a positive way, to have been the artistic director of a theater on the day that the industry globally shut down and to see the impact on my colleagues and to see thousands and thousands of people leaving these buildings and going home with no hope of coming back just yet. You know, we're watching all the other industries get ready to start up. And I think pretty much Every other industry will start up before we do. Um, and whether that's, and I, mean, I don't know what the timeline is, in, is of that, but I know that gatherings in theaters will be one of the last things that happens because clearly we want every, everyone, wants everyone to be safe. So it is a, it's a very emotional um, situation for our industry. I mean, there are, I mean, here alone, we we had to lay off a whole bunch of staff. We had to lay off, um, we had to, you know, uh, postpone officially, but essentially cancel rehearsals for Billy Elliot 
that was um, that's like 60 to 70 people suddenly out of work and uh, with no knowledge of when we, we can start again. We have, and I'm uh, sure that's never happened in the history of Neptune Theater, like canceling no. rehearsals and you no. know once you've already started. Shows have been canceled in the past for various reasons, I'm sure. Uh, well, I know, but um, but uh, even or even just perform a single performance, you know. But never has the whole industry shut down. This is a new experience for the entire sector, and to be honest unless that sector is helped globally and, and nationally or even now bringing it in back to Neptune, provincially uh, and municipally, is that the word? Yeah, um, yeah thank you. We, we need that support. Um, what, we, what we have noticed, and I want to sort of make sure I, I, I sort of get this positive note in, is how many of our subscribers and audience um, uh, members have not have decided not to get a refund or not to ask for uh, a refund on a ticket for a show that was cancelled, or or they've turned them into gift certificates so that they can be applied against a show in the future, not knowing what that future is, and that's the heartwarming part because without that kind of support, we won't be coming back. Without the understanding and the patience during these difficult times you know neptune neptune needs that um, and i think it really speaks to the faith that your patrons have in neptune yeah. that you are coming back that you're not going to go away because of this no we're, we're here yeah uh, you're here to stay we're all working from our basements <laughs> yeah. and we're, we're working to to be back and to bring people back to argyle street uh, people back to this downtown core, uh, which means, of course, people back into all the restaurants and the bars and the uh, and, and all those um, places that people go to when they come for a night out. So we'll be back. We're just waiting to be told when. Great. Great. And on that note, thank you so much, Jeremy. Uh, really appreciate your time. I know it's an emotional time right now, so... Yeah, really glad that you were able to join us today. Thank you, Ivy. Thanks, everyone. Jeremy Webb is the Artistic Director at Neptune Theatre. Neptune Theatre provides a wide variety of theatrical experiences. For more information on Neptune Theatre and its rich history, visit NeptuneTheatre.com. You can also find them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook using the handle at Neptune Theatre. You can watch the Off the Leash from Tuesday to Friday at 8.30 p.m. We now have Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission. He will be giving us an update on DHBC's advocacy efforts and introduce two new business grants for members. Paul, what do you have for us? Well, thank you for having me back uh, once again, Ivy and Alana, to your wonderful show. Um, I've just got a couple of updates, I guess, that I'll share this time around. Uh, and first of all, I guess maybe just a, a bit of an acknowledgement. Uh, we're recording this on Monday, and uh, uh, interestingly enough, I was uh, meant to be on a webinar uh, today, which was an international webinar, which was linking together some speakers uh, on downtowns from the United States, uh, the UK, and Canada. Uh, but that webinar was put off because a number of the American guests were uh, in, in cities that uh, that are currently experiencing a lot of uh, devastation, and uh, you know because of the the protests um, that are happening there. So, so certainly we're we're thinking about those folks, and um, uh, I know there's some uh, some uh, peaceful protests uh, and demonstrations scheduled for Halifax, which uh, of course we certainly encourage. It's it's certainly an important 
an issue. Um, so far, I haven't heard of any reports of things getting out of hand, and hopefully that will be the case uh, here. But uh, certainly we're thinking about those areas. So anyway, on to updates uh, related to uh, to the current situation uh, with COVID. Uh, a, a new service uh, that I wanted to just give a little plug to, uh, it's called the Business Resiliency Service, uh, and it's a one eight six six number. Uh, so uh, it, it's available across the country. Uh, it's, it's staffed full-time. It's actually a program that's been funded through the federal government, uh, but I hadn't heard much about it until I was on a call last week uh, with someone that had mentioned it. No one else on the call knew about it either, so it probably uh, deserves a little bit of extra promotion. Uh, so the Business Resiliency Service, uh, the phone number is one eight six six. 989-1080 and operators are standing by and essentially it's set up just to answer really any questions that businesses have about reopening or about uh, about uh, you know um, federal provincial uh, uh, grant programs that are available or really anything to, to assist businesses during this time so uh, that number again one eight six six. Nine eight nine one zero eight zero, and I know the the funding only lasts for an additional couple of weeks. So, um, but certainly it's it's available right now. Some more good news uh, out of uh, out of our shop here at Downtown Halifax Business Commission. We've been working hard um, to um, to create a couple of of grant programs. So this is a. Uh, this is a brand new territory for us. Uh, we've done grant programs in the past uh, regarding uh, you know, beautification efforts, lighting, facade improvements, and murals and things. Uh, but we uh, pivoted. I guess the overused uh, that's got to be the word of the year. I'm sure uh, this year when they award that. But we've uh, pivoted. We've taken some funding that we'd had set aside for sponsoring large-scale events, uh, which of course won't be happening, and we've put those into two new grant programs. Uh, so they're two distinct programs, uh, but. Uh, any business can apply for one or either of them um, if they uh, if they meet the criteria. Uh, and these are being launched on Tuesday, June 2nd. So uh, by the time this goes to air, we will um, uh, we will hopefully have those grants up and available on our website at downtownhalifax.ca. So the first grant is called the e-commerce assistance program. Um, which uh, gives up to $1,500 uh, to businesses that put together uh, some sort of a website where they can actually do e-commerce. Uh, we know a lot of businesses have invested in these recently. Some had them in place, but but a lot of businesses didn't. Uh, and, of course, uh, it's it's really useful to have uh, the ability to, uh, to sell your wares uh, online. So there's a number of retailers that physically closed their shops uh, but have continued to operate online, and we want to encourage that to continue, of course. So, uh, so $1,500 per business, um, and we expect that these uh, – uh, this, you know, we don't have an unlimited amount of money, so uh, we would encourage people to get their applications in for these uh, as soon as they can. Uh, and again, these are only available to if you're a downtown Halifax Business Commission member, which is any business uh, within our boundaries. Uh, so that's one program. The other grant program is uh, we're calling the Back to Business Material Assistance Program, uh, and that uh, is up to $1,000 per business. Uh, and that's really related to you know the extra expenses that come with with reopening during these times. So whether it's masks or other PPE or installing plexiglass or, you know, signage, uh, encouraging or mandating that people uh, socially distance or floor decals, any of those kinds of investments uh, that businesses have to make uh, to ensure that they're operating their businesses safely. Um, uh, that's uh, going to be available as well. So uh, those are both on our website. So we would encourage uh, any uh, member that's listening to this to uh, to go and check those out. And, and hopefully we can assist you uh, get you uh, online and uh, back and open for business for customers to come in. Okay, so there's a lot of excitement uh, about June 5th. June 5th is uh, is really the, uh, I guess, the reopening, as it were, or the re-energizing or reawakening of the of the economy, where provincially those businesses that were mandated to be closed, uh, if they've got the right plans and, and safety procedures in place, uh, can reopen. 
open, so that's this Friday. So certainly for for downtown, it's 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 exciting for you know hair salons and spas and barbershops and uh, and in particular restaurants is is, is a group uh, of businesses that have been uh, either operating just as takeout. Uh, there's been no dining option for a long time. So uh, as of June 5th, uh, they'll be dining in uh, again at, at many of our restaurants downtown. Um, that's both dining in in the restaurant itself or uh, on patios. And we know that a number of patios uh, are open already, uh, just waiting for uh, for people to come in uh, on June 5th. Uh, there are some restrictions around dining, of course. So we know that uh, with restaurants, for instance, they can only be at 50% of capacity, uh, and they also have to maintain six foot uh, six feet of distance uh, between each of the uh, tables that they have, uh, and that is the case both inside the restaurant as well as on the patio. So essentially, a lot limited, uh, a lot more limited capacity than. Um, what they've had before, but uh, but still, we're we're excited that uh, restaurants will be reopening um, for dine-in uh, service uh, as of Friday. So we're excited about that. Uh, and, and a bit related to that is uh, we talked a bit uh, last week, and I want to give an update on the Streets and Spaces program. So this is a, a program really initiated by the business commissions and the city uh, to look at creating additional space uh, you know, on our downtown streets uh, in the public realm. So spaces both to create uh, you know, larger patio areas, larger dining areas uh, that are attached to restaurants. We want to create additional space for pedestrians to stay, stay safely apart uh, as, they, as they come back to the downtown, uh, creating space for aqua transportation so that people increasingly can walk to work and bike to work. Um, so those are kind of the, that's a bit of the juggling act in terms of the reallocation of space. And this is being done in a very uh, kind of pilot project or temporary way. Uh, you'll see with, with uh, you know, bollards or, or pylons or, or different ways to kind of mark out widening sidewalks. We've already seen a number of changes um, uh, in the city, specifically around along Quimple Road and along Spring Garden Road. Uh, a couple of changes that we know are coming to downtown are Argyle Street, our beautiful streetscape Argyle Street between Prince and Blowers, uh, which typically we close for weekends in the summer. Uh, that will be closed to vehicles entirely for the entire season. Uh, and again, we expect that to start this week and, and carry on throughout the entire summer. Uh, and that, that's a beautiful space that's been designed um, to be easily closable anyway. So we know that'll be popular. It's, it's already popular amongst people, of course, that, that come downtown to dine. So there'll be lots of patio space there and also a nice wide pedestrian thoroughfare down the middle where cars uh, typically travel, but, uh, but will be open uh, only for pedestrians and cyclists. So we know Argyle Street will be happening. Uh, if you've been downtown lately, you'll also see that the Hollis Street separated bike lane, uh, which was a project that was already uh, in the books, uh, is currently under construction. Uh, so that's going to be completed uh, this June. I was down there actually today, uh, took a look at it, uh, and it looks great. It's, it's going to be a terrific amenity uh, that will encourage uh, additional cycling uh, to the downtown. Uh, eventually, it's going to connect up with, with a cycling uh, path on Moore Street, on Lower Water Street, and then connect up with uh, a separated path that will go through the Coswell District and connect all the way through to the north end. Uh, so it's, it's being done in pieces. Our, our hope is that that will be accelerated. And so even before the Cogswell project uh, happens, uh, our, our hope is that the, that the separated bike lane will be created, at least in a temporary way, through the Cogswell district. Uh, and that's what's going to be taking place on Lower Water Street. They won't be using the same material uh, on Lower Water Street. The, the permanent construction will actually take place next summer. But in the meantime, we'll be seeing what that separated bike lane looks like, and they're going to be doing some some separated uh, pieces along Lower Water Street as well. So, uh, so those are exciting projects. Again, they were kind of already in the in the, the books to happen, but uh, but we'll be seeing them this summer. Uh, and we're looking at, at a number of other opportunities uh, in the downtown as well. So we're just in those discussions uh, with HRM staff, and uh, and again, those can be rolled out fairly quickly. 
uh, because they're meant to be pilot projects. They're meant to be temporary. They may become permanent if they work really well, um, but they're easily changeable. So uh, there, there's not a ton of public consultation uh, on this. It's more a matter of identifying some spaces that uh, that seem to work well uh, and trying them out and then getting feedback through that process. So. Uh, so, so people shouldn't panic if, if they see some changes being made that they don't like. Uh, we'll give them a little bit of time and see how they work and, and be providing you know, ongoing feedback to the city uh, throughout this process. So uh, we're excited to see uh, what those changes will be. And we were just talking to Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission. He gave us an update on DHBC's advocacy efforts and introduced two new business grants for members. Downtown Halifax Business Commission is committed to providing the latest information to DHBC members to help business through these uncertain times. In response to the COVID-19 pandemic, DHBC is following the directives of the Nova Scotia Health Authority and is asking businesses in downtown Halifax to do the same. DHBC has three resource pages for businesses and for the public. For the main COVID-19 business resource page, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash COVID-19. For what's open in downtown Halifax, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash open. To find out how businesses are staying connected to the community, customers, and clients, go to downtownhalifax.ca slash connect. On March 22, 2020, the province of Nova Scotia declared a state of emergency. The Nova Scotia government has extended the state of emergency to June 14, 2020. Police are authorized to enforce orders under the Protection Act, related to self-isolation and physical distancing, and can issue summary offense tickets to those not adhering to those orders. On May 27th, Premier Stephen McNeil and Dr. Robert Strang, Chief Medical Officer of Health for Nova Scotia, announced the next steps towards reopening the province. Effective June 5th, most businesses required to close under the public health order can reopen. Businesses must follow the protocols in the plan that is tailored to their sector. This includes following public health protocols to ensure physical distancing, increased cleaning, and other protective measures for staff and customers. The following can open if they are ready and choose to do so. Restaurants for dine-in, as well as takeout and delivery. Bars, wineries, distilleries, and tap rooms. Personal services such as hair salons, barbershops, spas, nail salons, and body art establishments. Fitness facilities such as gyms, yoga studios, and climbing facilities. And veterinarians. However, lounges are still not permitted to reopen at this time. Other health providers can also reopen on June 5th, provided they follow protocols of their colleges or associations plans as approved by public health. These include dentistry and other self-regulated health professions such as optometry, chiropractic, and physiotherapy, and unregulated health professions such as massage therapy, podiatry, and naturopathy. Public health continues to work with the child care sector on a plan to reopen safely, June 15th is now the goal, but the reopening date will be confirmed and shared with Nova Scotians once the plan is fully approved. Existing public health directives around physical distancing remain in place. People must keep two meters apart. On May 29th, the province announced a new gathering limit of 10. The gathering limit applies to things like social gatherings, arts and culture activities, like theater performances and dance recitals, faith gatherings, and sports and physical activities. It also applies to businesses whose main function is gatherings, such as theaters, concerts, festivals, and sporting activities, and to businesses that are too small to ensure physical distancing. Outdoor weddings and funeral services can have a gathering of 15 people, and pools can begin maintenance to prepare for opening. View full notices and other recently lifted restrictions from the Nova Scotia government at novascotia.ca slash coronavirus slash hashtag alerts. 
These were just some of the measures that may affect businesses, visitors, or workers in downtown Halifax. To support businesses that are currently open and those planning to reopen or expand their services, the province has developed an online resource at novascotia.ca slash reopening dash nova dash scotia. The site provides information to help businesses begin to develop plans and procedures to keep themselves, their staff, and the public safe. I'd also like to take this moment to remind listeners that we are recording this episode on Monday, June 1st, 2020. Elena is up next with what to expect when going into an establishment and how the public can support businesses in downtown Halifax. So Elena, what do you have for us? Hi everyone, it's hard to believe that we are in June already and there's lots of exciting news as businesses start to reopen. I have a pretty big list today of businesses that are reopening or updating their services, but I think it's important to point out many businesses that have been closed or operating in a reduced capacity since the COVID-19 pandemic started are not necessarily opening on June 5th, even though they've been given the go-ahead by the local health authority and the province. Many businesses are delaying their opening dates so they can better prepare their space and employees for opening. I would recommend that you either call ahead or check online first before venturing out. So before I get into businesses that are reopening or updating their services, I just want to quickly review some of the new safety measures that many businesses are implementing in order to ensure that they are providing the safest possible environment for staff and customers. They include limited occupancy depending on size of store or business, controlled access at entry and exit points, Social distancing guidelines posted in and outside of stores. Staff may be wearing protective equipment, including gloves and or masks, and many businesses are asking customers to wear masks also. Most stores will have hand sanitizer stations set up for staff and customers to use. Many places are asking that customers or clients come alone to shop or to their appointments. Most stores have installed plexiglass shields at cashier stations. All establishments have increased their cleaning and sanitization procedures. And be prepared that most places are not accepting cash for the foreseeable future. Make sure you have a credit or debit card to pay. For retail stores selling clothing that you can try on, be aware that any item of clothing that has been tried on and not purchased will have to be sanitized before being put back on the rack. Most stores will have their own method for doing this, so check with staff on how to proceed with this. As businesses start to either expand their services or reopen, remember to be compassionate and have patience. This is new territory for everyone right now, and as businesses adjust to new protocols and procedures, try to keep in mind that they are doing their best and need support during this rebuilding phase. So I'm just going to give a quick update on some businesses that have reopened since our last podcast and some that are reopening the week of June 1st. Cut Steakhouse and Shuck Seafood and Raw Bar have opened for a pickup pop-up. They have dinner packages and barbecue feast boxes. You can follow at Cut Steak Halifax and at Shuck HFX for more information on ordering and pickup instructions. The Bill Caffeine Bar opened June 1st for takeaway service. They'll be open from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. seven days a week. You can follow at the Ville Caffeine Bar on Instagram for details. The Old Apothecary opened again in their location in the Brewery Market on June 1st from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Monday to Saturday. Follow at TOA underscore bakery for more information. The Press Gang Restaurant and Oyster Bar just opened for takeout and pickup service, but they're opening the restaurant again on June 5th. You can make reservations now. You can follow at the Press Gang HFX for updates and information. Little Oak Bar in Bishop's Landing is reopening for dine-in service on June 5th and have ended their takeout and curbside pickup service at the Ostrich Club. You can follow at Little Oak underscore bar for details. The Bicycle Thief, another restaurant in Bishop's Landing, is also opening again for dine-in service on June 5th. Follow at Our Bicycle Thief on Instagram for the official announcement. Split Crow is reopening on June 5th at 11.30 a.m. with limited seating. They are not taking reservations, for so first come, first served. Visit at Split Crow Halley on Instagram for details. 
Boston Pizza Downtown Halifax on Granville Street is also opening June 5th. Follow at Boston Pizza Downtown Halifax for more information. The Old Triangle is opening again on June 5th. They'll be reopening with reduced hours from 12 noon to 9 p.m. with a smaller menu and limited seating capacity. They recommend calling ahead and getting a reservation. Check their Facebook page for info at Old Triangle HFX. McKelvey's is opening on June 5th at 11.30 a.m. Visit at McKelvey's Fish on Instagram for more information. The legendary hospitality group of restaurants, which includes Dirty Nelly's Irish Pub and Toho Tacos and Tequila and Stubborn Goat Gastro Pub, has stopped offering takeout as well as delivery service as of May 30th. They are focused on reopening as soon as possible. Follow at Dirty Nelly's Pub, at Intoho Tacos, and at the Stubborn Goat for more information. And they are also working hard to get the Stubborn Goat Beer Garden on the waterfront reopened for the season. Follow at Stubborn Goat Beer Garden on Instagram for more info. And speaking of the waterfront, some of the vendors in the salt yard are starting to reopen for the season. Smokes Patinery is now open from 12 to 5 p.m. daily, and Heartwood Restaurant is open for the season from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. daily. But just a reminder that even though the vendors are starting to open, you cannot sit in the salt yard area to eat. They're asking customers to mind physical distancing guidelines and to grab food and go. And also keep in mind that many restaurants that aren't yet reopening for in-person service are still offering takeout and delivery options. So again, check online or call before you head out to your favorite restaurant or cafe. Switching to salons, spas, and barber shops, many are reopening this coming week. I know many people have been looking forward to getting their hair cut and dyed. I know that I am. Most salons, spas, and barbershops are reopening with pretty strict safety guidelines, including that all clients wear masks, and most are not accepting walk-ins anymore. So I'd recommend calling ahead to learn more about their guidelines and to make appointments. In terms of what's opening this week, Life Salon Spa on Barrington Street is reopening on June 5th. Follow at life.salon.spa for more information and for their new safety procedures. St. Louis Barber is opening on June 5th. They've changed the way they operate. You now must make appointments. They're introducing a new online booking system, which opened on May 30th. Visit stlouz.com to book. Sailor Bup's Barbershop is opening June 5th. They are also starting a new online booking system that is now live. Visit sailorbups.com and Bups is B-U-P-S. Or follow at Sailor Bup's Barbershop for more info. And Iron Salon on Granville is opening on June 5th. Visit at Iron Salon on Instagram for more information. In terms of retail, El Mio, the women's clothing store in the brewery market, is reopening on June 2nd with reduced hours from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Visit El Mio Halifax, and Mio is M-I-O, on Facebook for more information and their safety protocols. And a few other businesses that are reopening include Captured Escape Rooms. They're opening on June 5th. You can now book a room. Visit CapturedEscapeRooms.com for more information. Trapped Halifax, which is another escape room establishment, is also reopening June 5th. Visit at Trapped Halifax for more information on their safety procedures. And finally, the Harbour Watercraft is starting up again on June 5th. Experience the city from the water with a Sea-Doo guided rental or tour or a sea kayak tour. Prices start at $40. Visit the harborwatercraft.com to book your tour. And that's it for my list of businesses reopening today. Over the next few days and weeks, more businesses will be announcing either reopening dates or changes to the way they are currently operating. We'll continue to keep our website updated. You can visit downtownhalifax.ca slash open to keep up to date. And if you are businesses in downtown Halifax that are either reopening or making changes to the way you're operating, let us know and we will help you get the word out. And remember, there are many ways you can continue to support local businesses that don't involve money. You can follow them on social media. You can like and comment on their posts. You can leave a great review on their review sites or on their social sites, and you can refer them to a friend. Switching over to how to stay connected during this time of physical distancing, we are continuing to update our Stay Connected page on our website with ideas for virtual events, programming, and experiences. 
You can check out ways to stay virtually active with your downtown Halifax community at downtownhalifax.ca slash connect. And a few other things quickly. Develop Nova Scotia is launching Reopen City, a revamp of I Love Locals Open City. Reopen City is a celebration of all the entrepreneurs and small businesses that make our community so special, vibrant, and exciting. This year, it will be running four weekends from June 27th to July 19th. All local businesses are welcome to participate. Visit opencityhalifax.ca for more information and to register. And finally, Downtown Halifax launched a partnership with Get in the Loop Halifax a few weeks ago. Get in the Loop is a free app that delivers exclusive deals and promotions directly from businesses to your phone. We have over 25 businesses featured on the Downtown Halifax Loop now, so download the free app today. And if you are a business in Downtown Halifax that would like to be on the app, please email info at downtownhalifax.ca for more information. And that's it for me. That concludes our special COVID-19 edition of Downtown Lowdown, episode 24, recorded on June 1st, 2020. For more information, visit downtownhalifax.ca. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.